Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 3.27, season 3, show number 27, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, on July the 12th, 2012, it is 9.30 p.m., it is Thursday night, it is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, that is me, that is me, that's a spicy meatball. Cal, remind me to tell you about this audition that I had uh, and and what happened on this audition. It was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. We're not going to say what it was for. We're not going to get into all that crap. Just about how when the writer is not Italian and puts Italian, like, not, not Italian, but like Goomba stuff in the script. I couldn't read it the way it was written. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. No Italian talks that way. <laughs> anyway, let's uh we'll get to that. I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what I mean. But I okay. want to introduce you properly first. Well, I'm here. So, let's just let's just go with it. Listen, <laughs> I blew it. Here I am. No way. Hi everyone. No, wait. Stop. All right, I'll leave. I'm going to leave and then you can introduce you, me again. You you go back off stage and do this again. There it is. Cal's intro. Oh. You know this show is going to get the crap produced out of it tonight, Cal. Because guess who's back in, with his computer working? Okay, here he is. Uh, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in all things that rhyme, Mr. Calpino Calino. El Nino. The storm is blowing. Calneva Calvi Highbright. Hi, Steve. How was uh, your week? Good. It was good. How, how was your fourth? My fourth was it was nice last week though we talked about the fourth. It's like deja no. vu. It's like deja vu all over again. Yeah, we did. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Thought... Were you off this week? 
Yeah, no, I thought today was Tuesday. I think. That's I didn't think we. I didn't think we had had gone another Wednesday. I apologize. You, you know why Happy that happened? Happy Father's Day, guys. Happy Father's Day. Just want to get that in there. Thanks. <laughs> What'd you do for Mother's Day, Cal? Oh man. Happy. Not enough, apparently. It's Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> um, you know why, Cal? You know why I got thrown off? Because I said. Because I said the old line. I haven't used the old line in a really long time. Remember when we first started doing the show and we used to do it on Tuesdays? I would say, it's Tuesday night, it's 9.30 p.m., it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Yeah, that might have been what I was thinking. And I said tonight, I said, it's Thursday night, it's 9.30. I See, I threw you off. Yeah. And and in the recesses of my mind, I thought you said Tuesday. You, your, your recesses were incorrect. Apparently. Well, You're, listen... And let's move, let's, let's move on. From, I don't want to move on. We, we have established the fact that I, I that you missed a day. I missed a week. I think <laughs> you missed a week. Marty, point <laughs> twenty-one gigawatts. Um, uh, you said rec- Did you say recesses of my mind? Re- yeah. Why does that always make me think of like a seventies folk? Like a Dan Fogelberg song, "Recesses of My Mind." Yeah, that, that sounds like a uh, like a Gordon Lightfoot lyric. Jim Croce. Jim Croce. And in the recesses of my mind, if I could save time. Wow, I don't know why I made that really classical. The, uh, there was a famous very, uh, Academy Award-winning song called "The Windmills of Your Mind." From the original uh, Thomas Crown Affair. Wow. And that's how that's how the melody went. Like the windmills of your mind. And so, wow. So that you that that was a little thing in the recesses of your mind was the windmills of your mind. Right. Are you going extra hard to earn your moniker tonight? Like, are you going at it like hard? Do you have to re up for the moniker pop culture PJ? I don't want to make you nervous, but if you knew who was listening tonight, you guys would be playing your A game, not what you're doing now. That's all I'm saying. Wow. And then he calls us out as well. What is it that, what are we doing now (laughs) that warrants being called out? Maybe we should just do some sports. Maybe we should talk about sports, you know, or or, uh, windmills of my mind. That was a deep cut right there, pop culture PJ. If, I guess what PJ is saying is we shouldn't be doing any Gordon Lightfoot impressions right now. Right. Okay. Is, time in a Bottle is not Gordon Lightfoot, though. Do you not know this? No. Time in a Bottle is Jim Croce. Is Jim Croce. Aren't they all sort of like the same guy? Like a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel. You don't know that Wow. Song? We're going to need you to stop. I, I don't I, know I, that Look. <laughs> what does Dan Fogelberg sing? Uh, same uh, old Lang Syne, leader of... Uh, Leader of the band. Oh my gosh, leader! That's the same song. That's <laughs> you just gave it. You just credited him with an extra song. song. <laughs> that is the same song. My brother's like, lines uh, were different, but they right. heard another call. That's like uh, one went to Chicago, and the other like Led Zeppelin. St. Paul. Led Zeppelin sings "Stairway to Heaven" and "As We Wind on Down the Road." Right. Those are two of their songs. <laughs> um, all right, fine. Well, we're going to talk about sports then, because we do have a lot to talk about tonight, even though there's no sports. Well, it's not entirely true. And there's minor league baseball. There, yeah. 
There's no professional sports. Not tonight. No. But I have this. I want to do this. Ready? New intro music. Pop with the DJ. Nice, right? He's nice. Haven't we, haven't we heard from him, though, already? Have we heard this song? No, from DJ. I mean, are you going to go back and introduce him? Oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to play this for him. It's new intro music, but he jumped in. Because he wanted to talk about windmills of my mind. I, I, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with knowing that. Really well. That's a great song. If you do say so yourself. I love me. Who do you love? In case you were, in case you were, in case you're wondering, Cal, that's PJ Fiction. Yes, I know. Yeah. This is a song you wrote called uh, Yellow Spring. Based Wonderful. On, uh, based on uh, it's it's lovely, isn't it lovely? Lovely. All right, I could sit here and sing harmony. All. I I found that for you, Peach. What do you think? You like that? I, that makes me feel so good inside. I can't even tell you. It's it's tough to listen to that song and not be happy. And even yet, though, and <laughs> even yet though, not even barrels of cash could have gotten the other guys in the band to play that song correctly. Nobody wanted to do that. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do that song. No one. It makes it just this confounds me to this day. <laughs> it really does. Cal, we we took that song to the band. They were like not interested. They didn't like it, huh? It's not that where, they didn't where, like do I, where do I put my power chords? I don't understand where to where to fit in, the, you know, oh, power chord I 1. See. Yeah, because all of a sudden we were, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy, and, like, everything had to be a driving, uh, <laughs> ridiculous 70s rock anthem. So we, could, we couldn't do that. So PJ wrote this, you know, very nice, delicate song, and, and the guys were like, how do we turn it into Bronyar Stomp? Right. <laughs> do we have to? That would happen? No delicacy, Peach. No delicacy. I'll tell you All what, right. that's, I, coming, I that's wanted... coming out on the album, though. Last word on that. Right. I just wanted to play that for you. That's your new intro music. It's called right. Yellow Springs. It's available on no records. Nothing yet. <laughs> not, not available in stores. K-Tel doesn't have it. K-Tel? Uh, time Life. K-Tel didn't want it. <laughs> right. Time Time Life uh, music. Remember those commercials? I do. I do. Oh, man. So good. Freedom Rock. Teresa said it's that to me today. A very rare pop culture reference from my wife, who does not like those things, was like, hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Turn it up. Like, I forget what came on or whatever. And I was like, did you just reference a commercial, honey? Well, look at you. Good for you. It was cute. You remember those commercials, Brian? don't you? Yeah, no, I like, I like when they used to offer it in, uh, in uh, vinyl... Eight track or cassette. Eight <laughs> track or cassette. Well, that was KTEL. KTEL was eight tracks, right? That was key. Yeah. For sure. Freedom Rock was right on that that verge of CD. Oh, you can get the eight CD collection. Who has time to listen to eight CDs? By the way, like in a row. Have you ever? What's what's your record there? CDs in a row. Yeah. Like Two. just set. Yeah, that's it. Who? Maybe a double album. 
<laughs> physical graffiti, maybe all at once. Not it. I used to listen to The Who, uh, Tommy, straight through. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a double thing. album, right? Peach, how about you? Oh, I right. have okay. uh, used CD players so they overheat <laughs> and shut off. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> You you run a, a CD player like a Chevy into the ground. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, boy. You're going to have to change the valve on that one. I still do things like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll say, well, today is a, let's say, let's say is a, a The Who day. And I'll take out 10 CDs and throughout the entire day I will get all 10 of those CDs on. And I'll just do my complete Who collection for that day. That is impressive. I can't, I, I don't have the time. In fact, I'm so spoiled by Pandora now that well, I, I can barely listen to an album all the way through. I'll just cancel things in order to get that sort of thing in. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, we're not going to Taekwondo today. Dad's got some stuff to do at home. Dad's got to put on Quadrophenia at about 3 yeah. o'clock. <laughs> I can clean the garage. Uh, all right, we're going to go do the big unload, Peach. Let's do it. You know what? I'm not doing I'm not doing the music. I'm not doing the music. Because and I'm and I'm I'm not even being facetious here when I tell you Bri that NPJ because I I want you to talk about this too. Uh, seriously, like not to be a jerk, I'm not doing the music. Because Wait. I'm well, I'm pissed off that we have to talk about this, but we have to talk about this. But did you notice that I adjusted the volume on the music before you get into it? Yes, you did. Very well. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want. I want a, I want a quick little just throw me a quick little milk bone for that, and that's it. I told him not to say anything. I didn't think he'd notice. <laughs> I, I, if we played it more than three seconds, I think he would have noticed. This was not the night to fix the big unload music. Because I didn't the, know the you big, were about to have a tantrum. I'm sorry. Well, the, big, the big unload makes me sick. But it's got to friggin' be talked about. You know, we, we have to talk about this Paterno and this Louis Free and uh, Frey investigation and, and the Penn State. And do you take the statue down? Oh, boy. <laughs> Too soon. Inappropriate. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> wow. Too soon. Oh, my. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you. Did I ever tell you guys my favorite Too Soon reference? My buddy Terry was working on a show out in L.A. and they were, He was a writer on a show. It was a pilot. And they're sitting around the writer's room. And uh, they're debating, going back and forth about this joke about Abraham Lincoln. You know, like, is it going to work? And blah, 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 blah. And, and they're really getting, you know, into it. You know, like, they're really getting fired up about it. About uh, Abraham Lincoln. The joke is about Lincoln's assassination. And then one guy goes, you know, it's a, it's a joke about Lincoln's assassination. Like, he's getting all worked up. And the guy just goes very quietly, what, too soon? <laughs> it was it was like perfectly placed use of too soon. Uh anyway, no, I I know with the fight music. You're terrible. There there <laughs> there are big things I want to talk about here. Very important things. It's been talked about all day. And since there was no baseball today, Cal, it was beaten to death, you know, on the on the talk radio and stuff and that's fine and on Twitter and everything, but I I have something to say about it. I think you have something to say about it. I think PJ has something to say about it. No. Um, <laughs> it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel is. We we just panned over to you, PJ, and you shook your head, like, quietly, no. Um, I, 
there are questions here to me, Bri. Okay, there are questions. The investigation comes out and reveals something that everybody said back in November, and that's he must know more. Joe Paterno must have known about this for years, years. And go back and listen to that show we did in November. We we screamed and yelled about how disgusting it was that this was covered up because of a football program. And and I was indignant at the time towards uh, uh, and, and in disbelief of rioters and kids rioting because Joe Pa was going to be fired and the idiocy that these kids displayed on a campus while never taking into account you know, what the victims might be going through, the lack of empathy, all this crap. We went through all this. But that doesn't change the fact that today's uh, revelations uh, raise a, a number of questions that we asked back then and didn't have the answers to. Well, do we have the answers now? I don't I don't know. That's what I want to ask you. That's what that's what I'd love to talk to you about tonight. Like do we have the answers, Brian? To one should the football program be punished for this? And if you're punishing the university, do you do it by punishing the football program? Because that's where this scandal lies. If there's no football program at Penn State that's driving the university and the biggest moneymaker in the university, then they throw Jerry Sandusky to the Wolves, appropriately, 20 years ago. Okay, it was he was protected to protect the football program, not the university, not the not the not the science degree that you get from Penn State. He was he was uh, protected to protect the football program. So my question to you, Brian, my first question to you is: Shouldn't the football program suffer? <sighs> well, you know what I'm. You know, did that just exhaust you? Well, this whole story exhausts me, quite honestly. And and I'm with you. I hate that we have to talk about it, but it is it is big news. And in a vacuum, the easy answer to that question is yes, the football program should suffer. Right. You know, because that was the program, like you said, that 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 enabled this. You know, I don't want to say I don't want to say caused it. Or, it enabled no, that's it. A, that's a great word. And you would think that you'd want to see, you know, anybody that's outraged about what went on at the university, they want to see the university hit hard. And, and there's no harder way to hit this particular university than the football program. So, like I said, in a vacuum, you'd want to see something happen to the program. Right. The, prob the problem with that is all of the collateral damage that would do or the ancillary pieces to the program – like the players that had nothing to do with this, like the coaches that had nothing to do with this, like the vendors that work every Saturday at the university that had nothing to do with this, and, and all of people that make their living on the football program. And, uh, you know, I I really struggle because I I would love to see as much justice done as possible, but part of me feels like it's not fair to those who are innocent in this, that, that had nothing to do with it, that are going to become victims of what other people did. 
so it's 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 a really it's a really tough one for me to kind of reconcile. Right. Okay. So and and the, these are all great points. You know, somebody brought up the point of like the the money from the football program supports all the other sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows you to have women's volleyball and stuff like that. You know, it, it provides funding for those. I get that. But Joe Paterno was coach at that school till last year. And he would have retired and ridden off into a blaze of glory had it not been for this being leaked out. Okay, so you can't say that nobody who had something to do with this was at the was part of the football program. You know, he was there until last year. He was there until they forced him to resign. So, but do, but, but 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 then do we do we know that? Everybody that was working with him up until last year knew what was going on? No, but no, we don't know that, Brad, but we know he did. He has known this whole time, and he is or was the football program. He was it. I know, I know, but it doesn't... The reason that those kids come there this last year in that recruiting class is because Joe Paterno is there. Right. And it's Penn State football. But, but, but... That doesn't mean that they're complicit in what went on or what he he knew. I'm not making. I'm. I'm not trying to make them complicit. No, I know. I'm. I. And 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 your 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 point is a valid one. But how do you separate it, Bry? Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. I don't. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Right. I. Th- I mean, they're 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 part of a football program that, uh, it, through no fault of their own, enabled this. Okay. If that had not been enabled, that football program wouldn't be where it is. Or you know what? Here's here's what kills you. If 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 Joe Paterno had just done the right thing when he found out about this, which I'm sorry, I, I you know it says 1998 in the investigation. I, you work with a guy every day. You have an office down the hall from him. He started a kids. I mean, we don't need to go through all the stuff, okay? And 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 rehash all of it. How Joe Paterno's known about this forever? Come on, he knew about this forever. It's the reason that the guy was forced to resign. It's the reason that Sandusky didn't get to take over the team. He's known about this forever. To me. Sorry. It's impossible for me to think that these two men working in close quarters. And, of course, Joe Paterno, I don't want to bring religion or the Catholic Church into this and stuff like that. But it's been brought into it before. I think that was part of Joe Paterno's thinking. You know, is that part of it being the, the religious man that he was. Uh, and and with the Catholic Church and stuff was sort of, you know, not necessarily to turn a blind eye, but hey, the Vatican does, right. you know. So if somebody had stopped it twenty years ago, you know, uh, the, the program would be back by now. Look, See, we that's, don't. That's what I don't get, Bry. It never would have been on on Joe Paterno. He would have been he would have been uh, lauded for you know uh, convicting rightly his best friend and the, and the guy who was going to take over the program. But you know what? I'm not letting that happen at my at this university that I care so much about. Well, and that's the, and that's the kind of guy that we were all led to believe he was. That, that's right. Where was that guy? That's that that was his legacy. Was was right. that guy? That's right. And he didn't do what that guy was supposed to have done in that spot. That's right. And that's why a, a Paterno, you know, apologists and people defending Joe Paterno, and if, by, by the way, if I hear let him rest in peace or whatever, 
one more time. You know what? Not for nothing. Okay? Oh, he can't defend himself. He did enough. Okay? He did enough. So I, that's not an excuse not to uh, uh, take the man to task for his lack of action. Sorry. You know, we, we, don't, we, don't know, we don't know for sure how much he knew. We don't have we we don't have that answer, but you talk about the court of public opinion and you talk about perception becoming reality. It, it all stacks up against him, and right now it doesn't matter exactly how much he knew, because well, but, everybody because everybody believes he knew more than he let on. And he knew 15 years ago. That we do know. That we do know. So he knew in 1998. So he knew 14 years ago. Okay. That's bad enough. That's two and, 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 three years ago is bad enough, much well, less well, well, what makes it worse, Brian, is that, as you know, this guy, Sandusky, was still bringing kids onto the campus last summer. He was, he was, he was allowed, and, and, and this is where I have the real problem. My, my real issue with this is with the university, the administrators of the university. And those are the ones that I want to see punished to the fullest extent. Well, because last year, during this investigation, he was still, I mean... The investigation was going on in November. He was still working out in the weight room. I know. While the investigation was going on. I know. How, you, you know, know Paterno's to blame for that, too, right? I agree, but... but the, guy is, I, the guy has known every... You know, the old saying used to go, that, that the players the players would, uh, uh, you know, uh, get out of bed in the morning. Joe Paterno knew what time they got out of bed before they, you know, before they did. You know what I mean? I mean, he, know, he knew everything. Of course so he he's, did. The administration is to blame as well. But that's... You're absolutely right, Bri, but that's what makes it worse to me is that he's not the stand-up guy he was supposed to be. We found that out in spades today. Okay, mm-hmm. He also, for 14 years, so you knew about this 14 years ago. You didn't do the right thing. You tried to cover it up. You tried not to have a blemish on the university. Then you let the guy keep coming around? So not only did you do the thing, not do the thing that we thought you were going to, that everybody had in their mind this great humanitarian who cares so much about Penn State and his legacy, and is this is this great guy and this educator and this this uh, above reproach coach. Okay, so not only was he not that coach man, right? Above man, reproach man, man, exactly right. Not only was he not that, he still let the guy on his campus. I, I mean, that's where I, I'm sorry. The, the whole thing, look. They have to be punished in some way, shape, or form. I don't I want to hear from I don't want to hear from you know uh, Matt Millen or I mean Matt Millen's comments were overblown. He actually did say that Paterno is responsible, but so are the administrators. I mean that was his point. His point was don't just put it on Paterno. It's on Paterno. It's also on the president. It's also on the you know the the athletic director, whatever. Well, you know what? Paterno is dead. So there's nothing you can do right. to Joe Paterno right now. But everybody else that was involved in this, from, from every every administrator at the university that was involved yeah. at the time that this went on needs to be punished. Yeah. And no, if they I, have it, and if they have a job right now, they shouldn't have a job tomorrow. The 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 uh, from a lot of the th- a lot of the things I've read, there was a great piece on Slate, uh, Slate dot com. Uh, I was trying to read different uh, things. Like I was not trying to just read like. Uh, you know, ESPN or something like that. I was trying to get a different perspective. Yeah, I was trying to get different. You know, like Slate. dot com had a very, very good one. I was trying to. Uh, I, I read Bleacher Report and stuff like that. Like, I didn't want to just 
uh, I read the Huffington Post, you know, I didn't want to just focus on, I want to see outsiders' takes on this. Not just the insular world of sports media. And, you know, the, the Slate piece was very, very interesting in that it emphasized the lack of empathy for the victims and how much they tried to protect Sandusky and how their concern was the university first, Sandusky second, and like the victims, like a distant, distant third. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we have to protect the poor old guy. Like, are you kidding? I don't know. Where do you stand on the statue thing? I mean, do you take the statue down? I, you know, look. I I can't speak to what a Penn State alum a Penn State alumni alumnus is going through right now. We know we have several friends that went to Penn State. You know, sure we'll see a couple of them at the twenty year reunion. Um, I know a bunch of people who went to Penn State, but I'm not in touch with them on a daily basis. I can imagine that it's it's extraordinarily difficult. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of alumni worldwide. It's a prestigious university. Um, but it's also prestigious for its football. I mean, a good deal of alumni, one of the reasons you're proud of Penn State is the football team. Right. So that's, you know, you can't wear that as a point of pride. You can't. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what do you think about the statue? You think that they, they should they take it down? Does that solve anything? I don't know. I don't think it solves. I don't think it solves anything. I don't think it solves anything because I think that the people that are there, and the alumni that you talked about of 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 the university, they they want the statue there. That's yeah. And and you know what? I you know what? everybody everybody else doesn't. Right. But we're not there. That's right. You know, so it's hard for us to say. Yeah, it's not at the state capitol. It's on the campus of Penn State. Right. You know, so you we want to keep it there? Fine. You keep it there. Just know what it stands for. You know, just know what he stands for right now. Well, and and you know, that's the other thing that that statue can stay up as a reminder as to what he did. Yeah. So that you don't lionize him that's right you know you you look at that statue and you remember what this man did or what he didn't do right and 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 what it caused the university all the grief and 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 the pain it's caused the university and the victims yeah that's right if you if you leave it up use it as a learning tool right you know and use it as a this is how not to act in a responsible you know uh uh responsible uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, eh, there's a good word there's a nickel word there that I'm missing out on but um, yeah I, I agree I mean you know it's on their campus fine you want to keep it keep it but there has to be some price to pay for that football program I don't know if you necessarily have to kill it but you have to you know no bowl games no nothing nothing no, no money from football, you know, and and is that going to, you know, uh, diminish their recruiting classes? Is that going to uh, change the way the football team is perceived and 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 set it back years? In, well, it's too bad. 
too bad. I had I had heard something today that any any kid that was recruited to play there that wants to transfer right now should just you know they should hold the door open for him and let him go. If Absolutely. He wants to. Absolutely. He, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be bound to anything. Absolutely. You know there shouldn't be any obligation for these kids who had nothing to do with this. You know, and the NCAA can do the the right thing there too. And if it's a you know a freshman, maybe grant them a red shirt. Or something right. like that, you know what I mean. Grant them a, a special uh, red shirt or something like that, so they don't lose a year of eligibility uh, at Penn State or whatever. Because again, you're right; they had nothing to do with this, except they're well, they, they had nothing to do with this. Unfortunately, right. that program and its prestige and its cachet uh, allowed this to go on. It made those people, uh, you know. From Joe Paterno to uh, what's his name, Spanier, Graham Spanier, the president. Graham Spanier and the president. It made these men act in this manner to yeah. protect the football program, hence to protect the financial interest of the university. I, you know, again, I told you, I'm, I'm pissed off that we have to talk about this again, but we do have to talk about it. It's 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 out there. I heard a you know. A bunch of crazy stuff out there today. I mean, WFAN was a very interesting place to be today. Uh, not because uh, Bro and Entitlement were singing uh, along to Mike and Mike Don. Oh, they did that again. They did it again. Brian, they oh, do it every day. Every that's day. It's fun. That's fun to do. It's it's so every new and day. fresh and irreverent. It's a. It's, it really is. What we're referring to here is uh, Joe uh, Beningo and Evan Roberts are subbing for Mike Francesa while Mike's on his two-month summer vacation. Good gig, by the way. I don't think he actually takes two months. He's taken two months. He said, I will see you at Labor Day. No. Brian. He shows up. He doesn't show Doesn't he show up the first day of training camp? Not this year. Oh. That's what he said when he was leaving. Wow. He may be there at training camp like in, at the end of August, but he was like, I'll see you down the shore for a big shot. And, uh, Southside Johnny? Southside Johnny. Nice. So every day when these, when these two guys come on, they sing along with the Mike's On theme song. Purposely out of key. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, see, that's what makes it funny. It's hilarious. Um, it's not funny. It's not... I tweeted the other day to Evan Roberts. I was like, dude, you got to stop. Just stop. Why do you keep doing it? And every day, one of them starts it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's at 1 o'clock every day. No, but I'm saying a different guy starts it. It's like today, oh. it was Roberts. I was like, you had a chance. Oh, and then the other one. Beningo didn't in. start it. You had a chance to not do it. Oh, it's annoying. Um, I Maybe PJ, this would be a good spot to bring in PJ. We did, yeah, we did want his opinion on this. I definitely want his opinion on this. And, and what I was going to say along those lines, Peach, maybe for you to jump in here is I don't, I'm having a hard time. I shouldn't say I'm having a hard time understanding. It's difficult for me to uh, understand. That's <laughs> the same thing. Um, I, I'm having I want to say understand, but understand? <laughs> what? The business of America's business is business. So whatever it is I've said here today, uh, <laughs> I can't lie to you. I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. 
Yes, it is. Um, no, what I was going to say is I I have a hard time listening to the Paterno apologists who can't sort of fathom that this guy would do this. Like I heard a guy call up today, you know, he was he was a good Catholic. Like he couldn't do this. Like, okay, what? But but you got to like, gotta what does remember? that have to do with it? You have to remember that he didn't think he did anything. He thought he was doing the right thing. Not in 1998, Bri. I'm not talking about 2000 and, and after the McCreary incident. 1998 is what this revealed today, that during the investigation for Sandusky, he did nothing. That's where the problem lies. Not talking about going to uh, Spanier after the weekend, because he didn't want to ruin anybody's weekend, with the McCreary incident. I'm talk- What's just amazing to me is that people can't, seem to fathom when people do things like Paterno did. Like, the, he's just, he, Joe Paterno, he couldn't do this. Like, I get the hero worship. I'm sure there are people in my life that I, uh, or even celebrities that I, like, I can't see them doing something. But at this point, I, I can't put anything past anybody. Like, how could you not see his motivation here? Yeah. So, Peach, uh discuss. Set you up there beautifully, didn't I? That was good. Uh, I I think you have someone who is perhaps, um, who perhaps viewed this thing from an amoral perspective, rather than uh, with a moral compass. Uh, in in Paterno, I think perhaps when something, uh, when, the program, I guess to him, was an extension of him. And uh, perhaps when something so uh, dangerous to the program comes up, you bat it away in whatever way you can. You bury it, you burn it, you ignore it, um, but you don't address it because to address it hurts the program. Right. That's uh that's an that's an excellent um so observation. I, I I think it exposes in Paterno I mean maybe amoral is not the right word. Um dispassionate perhaps he's dispassionate and distance from the human factor of what happened. Right. Because yeah, and just just how ruinous. Right, and just how ruinous Sandusky's uh, actions are like not being able to fathom or have any empathy for how ruinous um, that act uh, is to somebody's life. Somebody called FAN today and said, you know, what what gets lost here, and definitely got lost with these guys uh, at Penn State is that these victims. Uh, it's a it's a life that is forever altered, and it is a a life that will never be what it could have been. Like you 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 your life will never be what it could have been from that act because of that act. You you may get over it and you may lead a, a wonderful life and hopefully you do, but it will That's never right. be. It'll it'll never be what it would have been if that hadn't happened. 
ever. That's right. You right. The, if, regardless of how they turned out, all of these people were derailed. Yeah, you would have yeah. had a different life. That's right. Yeah. And 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 you don't realize how and then to to allow somebody to do this in a serial fashion. Because it's the extension the, of the of the accommodations after this chain of emails that is really confounding. Yeah. It is. It how is. do you, Cal, how how do you let you, this guy's big Yeah, toe I mean right. How do you Cal, how do you cross the threshold onto campus? How do you do that? How how is that this is what I like if you're a paternal apologist how and you see that, how do you you know, you can't possibly um justify that. Can't. Well if you're if you are a paternal apologist, you don't you you're you're ignoring it. Right. You 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 have to be ignoring it. Because there's there's no other logical explanation for being a paternal apologist. Right. Right, you can, that, right? And, and and that goes back to what I was just saying. Like I I I don't understand how you can't you know, you put it very succinctly, Peach, and that's and that's he viewed the program and the university as an extension of himself. So therefore, the 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 reaction was, oh, we should get this guy some help and cover this up. Get him some help. Oh, poor poor Jerry Sandusky. I mean, are you kidding? It's the old. What's the old saying? I wouldn't put I wouldn't put that past anybody. I wouldn't put that past them. An uh, old saying. That's is that an old? <laughs> is that not old? I feel like that's an old saying. I feel like it's not. A, it, it's not like a saying, though. It's like everybody says that. It's not. So your so your problem is not necessarily with the saying. It's like the age of the saying. No, the fact that can is that qualify as as like a quote unquote saying. With the air quotes. Does that? You're putting you're putting the word saying in quotes. We're getting hopelessly meta now. <laughs> we're, oh, we're delving here. Wait, is that not a saying? Or is it like again. a saying like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? That's what I think of a saying as being. That's a, Well, that's a cliche. A cliche. It's a saying, too. When does something go from being a saying to a cliche? Oh, or from just be... Well, or something that you say to being a saying? That's 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 the jump that I'm having trouble. There's with. your issue. I don't even remember what it was that you said at this point. I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, you just say that. I wouldn't put it past him. Then why can't that be a saying? Because it's not a saying. That it is, it is a saying. Because it's, that is it's, a saying. It's, because that guy, is a saying without being a cliche. It's there's no specificity yeah. there. It can apply to lots of things. Perhaps I'm I'm having trouble distinguishing between sayings and cliches. <laughs> That seems to be what's happening here. Well, and it's this sort of haziness that allows these things to happen. <laughs> when will then be now? <laughs> All right. No, 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 you say that, sir. Well, then what, do, what do you guys think about the punitive what? level of all this? The punitive damages? I guess. I, I, I think that... <laughs> I, I guess. I suppose... I wouldn't put it past you. Uh, can you say that to a hockey goalie? 
No, really. I mean, I I can't put it past you. Like I, I, I literally, I would love to put it past you. Can't can't put it past you. Um. <laughs> now I'm doing Sid Caesar jokes. Is that what? We're, yeah. I'm like soup. I'm like soupy sales over here. What are we the Catskills? Hey, F. You see K? Oh. <laughs> I stood there wondering why the frisbee was getting bigger, and then it hit me. <laughs> why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. <laughs> that's the junior circuit. That's. <laughs> I get that from the, from the under nine crowd. <laughs> that's that a Naked Lady song. Right. Seven, eight, nine. It's a great song. That uh, that stuff kills though, Cal. At uh, at recess. At that that and and. Uh, the knock knock who's there banana over and over again that's another one banana who knock knock who's there banana banana who knock knock wait i what do it one more time knock, <laughs> knock. <laughs> who's there wait we flipped worst <laughs> we are some comedy team boy oh, this, yeah. is, this, and, is, this is this is lewis and martin right here and the punchline <laughs> <laughs> orange, orange, glad I didn't say banana again. Oh, uh, <laughs> too soon. Also, the, also the um, and PJ must PJ must know this one. The um, the interrupting series. Do you know that one, PJ? Would you like to do one? Yeah. So uh, knock knock. Who's there? Uh, interrupting cow. Interrupting cows. <laughs> and then it works for any, I mean, anything. Interrupting washing machine, interrupting uh, mailman. And that's, that's my story. Tonight's comedy tip was brought to you by Calgon. Calgon. <laughs> We're not made anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> they don't make us anymore. <laughs> and by oh, Dristan. Wow, that is Dristan. You wanna you wanna you wanna laugh? A couple of months ago I was at work and I came in, I had a nasty cold or like a nasty cold going on. I'm sneezing, I'm coughing or whatever. And my buddy Howie he's like, I'm going downstairs, I'm gonna, you know, stop at the uh, uh at the little, you know, coffee shop we have down in our building. And he's like, Let me get you something. I was like, All right. I was like, yeah, do me a favor, like get me Sudafed or something like that. <laughs> comes back like an hour later. Like an hour later. And he comes back with Dristan. <laughs> this was like in February. I'm like, where did you, would you go in a time machine? <laughs> did, you, did you get a DeLorean? <laughs> and go to, you know, Eckert's and, and get me Dristan? What is going on? Who knew they, <laughs> who knew they made Dristan anymore? Are you kidding? Oh, it was great. So I, I was, I was like, we could be in trouble here. It says a new product. <laughs> like, how old is this? Oh, it was, it was, so freaking funny. And I took it. Bad idea. <laughs> oh my goodness. No good. Oh my gosh, I was high as a kite. It was ridiculous. I couldn't even. I had to put my head down at my desk at work. It was ridiculous. It was like I was at a dead show. Like I had just gone to see fish twice. People oh, had a higher tolerance for that stuff back oh in the day. Oh man, I it was like rocket fuel. It was ridiculous. 
ridiculous. <laughs> like the active ingredient was hashish. <laughs> I still have it. I kept it. It's in my, it's in my drawer at work. I'm like, if I ever want to sleep for 14 or 15 hours, I'll just pop that Dristan. Dristan. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. Oh, good. You know what? Let's put the... That's enough with the Paterno. Right, we're done talking about I'm good this. now. Yeah. We have a we have a call. Somebody called into the program. Peach, we have a, a call? Yes, uh, uh, a great Catskills comedian is on the line. <laughs> is it Shecky Green? It is. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, before we bring whoever this is in, Shecky Green is still alive, by the way. Yes, he is. I believe. And... He, uh, Mark Marin on WTF, uh, that his fantastic podcast has been trying to get him forever because there's a lot to the Shecky Green story apparently that we don't know. Like he wasn't just like, he's become synonymous with like the bad Catskills comedian, but he was like Lenny Bruce-ish. Really? Like he was, yes. And he gets something. Well, let's, let's, uh, shall we talk to this person, Cal? Yes. All right. Uh, let's see here. I hit that, and then I do that, and we don't then get I these say, calls very often, do we? Hello, welcome to Ready to Unload. Bada boom. Yes. Uh, hi. Is this open mic night? <laughs> this is open mic night. You trying out a little something? You got a little something? You yeah, I, he- I hear a lot of uh, amateur comedy going on here. I thought maybe I'd give it a shot. <laughs> what do you What do you got? You got uh, You got a good three minutes. I got a good solid three. It slays the audience in the Catskills. It's, uh, I think it'd be perfect for your show. <laughs> you really do sound Shecky Greenish. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you holding your nose while you're speaking? I am. Hello. Do you know who this Hello. is, Cal? Uh, no, I have, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to give you a little hint. Okay. okay. Yes. I, know, I do know who it is. I'm just playing along. Dr. Erase test is unavailable. <laughs> oh, wow, no. is that a uh, soundbite that is coming to you since I've left? <laughs> That's it, is that Siri? It is, it is Dr. Erase stat as I live and breathe. I don't believe it. But he's unavailable. He's unavailable. No, he's not. he is available. He's available. We can get him on the program. I'm telling How are you doing, he- boys? He just finished up a, a six-date uh, at the ha-ha hole in uh, Tacoma. <laughs> and uh, what's up, dude? I do I do a few minutes of uh, comedy set, and then I take a break and circumcise everyone who's willing in the audience. <laughs> and then uh, I go back to comedy. It's, it's I tell you, it's working. So it's such an untapped market, too. Yeah, it really is. You're doing the alt comedy thing, then. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> It's like half performance art, half uh, stand-up. Hey, some may say he's a real cut-up. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> get it? Cut-up? Oh, yeah, we get it. Cut, you know. With Everybody the... got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Iray, wow. It is. Do you have a couple minutes? Can you stay with us? I have a couple minutes. I've been listening along tonight. It's been uh, It's been entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. I feel, I feel like um, I, I wrote a couple of the jokes down from my three-year-old. <laughs> so let's let please without further ado, let's have it. What gonna, do you think? No, no, no. I've written you. specifically Cal's jokes. I've written down to tell my three-year-old. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, they've been, uh, they, they're 
They're killing. They're killing. Listen, the problem with that, though, is that once you tell him the jokes, he'll never stop retelling it. So you may want to hold true. off. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're familiar with this phenomenon? Happened no, yeah. well, well familiar, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, uh, uh, E-Ray, while we have you, we should talk sports because we have you. So that would be let's, great. Let's talk about some sporting things. Do you want I have to talk a house full of family that is asleep, and I'm itching to talk sports on probably, what, the busiest sports night of the year? <laughs> That's right. That's true. So much to get to. I don't know what to talk know. about first. I don't is know. It, is it the uh, USA na- uh, men's basketball team uh, exhibition versus Dominican Republic tonight? Is that what we're talking about? That's hot action for sure. It is. Well, you heard Blake Griffin got hurt. I did. There. Did Judy he really? Brown called up to sub. He did. He got hurt. He he, uh, he hurt his knee. The knee that, that he's been having a lot of problems with. That's excellent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. That's worth there you it. Go. It's worth it for an exhibition game two weeks before the Olympics for a tournament against, that they're absolutely going to win? Against the John Calipari coach, Dominican Republic. Well, you said, but there was, there was something funny there. There's, they have like a, that, that uh, team has like a 6'11", 16-year-old. Did you see that? I'm not even kidding. I watched the, so, yeah. somebody, somebody called up today and said, I have $8,000 that says that kid's at, at UK in two years, and that's the only that's, reason Calipari's there. That's exactly right. Yep. He Six does everything by the book, though, Steve. Everything by the book. Yep. Oh, he's a good egg. He's a good egg, that Calipari. Good egg. Really? That that program is squeaky clean. Squeak <laughs> clean. Um, Dr. E. Ray, uh, let's, we have you, your uh, uh, foremost Yankee expert. Oh, boy. But, Dr. E. Ray's test is unavailable. But we want to talk to you about... <laughs> Women's you, ne- WNBA. <laughs> Liberty, go. <laughs> uh, we got next. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I want to tell you a quick, quick WNBA. This, this morning, I'm I'm getting ready, and I turn on ESPN, and there's highlights uh, for WNBA. And I said, "Wow, I had no idea the season started, and it, they, uh, this must be the first game." And uh, apparently, they've played 20 games so far. I would have not wow, known. Was that. it the All Star game that you tuned into? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> it was the slam. It was the slam dunk contest. The playoffs. The shortest, the shortest uh, slam dunk contest ever. It's like, hey, who, who, um, who won the Tour de France uh, phase twelve today? Do you know how we, how we? Well, if it wasn't Lance Armstrong, I, I couldn't guess anybody else. I don't, yeah, no, I don't think it was. I'm sure. trying to find who it was. Uh, the uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Yankees. I want to talk about the Mets. I'd love to talk about the Mets. Because, I mean, who who really wants to talk about the uh, the Yankees? I mean, they're just you know cruising to another uh, another flag. Um, if you were in the Mets, do you bring up Matt Harvey? I'll ask you straight out. Does Matt Harvey come up? Dylan G, injured? Well, I'm no Mets expert, and I certainly haven't been following what he's been doing down below other than what you guys have told me, but I can't imagine uh, not bring, giving him a chance at this point as opposed to the four-year-old Miguel Bautista. I just don't – listen, I, I know Bautista may give you a couple of good starts, but – this is a perfect perfect opportunity to replace a, a young pitcher with another possible young, you know, stud. I just don't. I think you got to bring him up I here. Totally agree. And by the way, you need to say the forty-year-old uh, poet, Miguel Batista. <laughs> can I say poet laureate? <laughs> you can say you can say poet and author. That's that's fine. Sure. Um, I Ev, I I totally agree, and I think I was going to get a fight on this with Cal a little bit, because here's the way I look at it. You have 15 starts left for your number five guy, right? Right. 
You need to win 10 of those games. Okay? You need to go 10 and 5 in those 15 games. Who do you have right now that gives you the best opportunity to do that? You're in a pennant race. This is not building for next year. You're going to be in a pennant race. You're in competition. The kid's 23 years old. He's not 19. Okay? And right now, he's the best pitcher you have at AAA. That's right. He's pitching the best at AAA. Who gives you the best chance to win those 10 games? To me, it's Matt Harvey. And when is it going to be a better situation to bring the kid up? There's always going to be expectations, no matter when you bring him up. Why not bring him up when you have two aces and he doesn't have to be an ace or a savior? I think I think people also forget what happens to a team when you bring up a guy, a young guy that all of a sudden starts starts dominating early on. And I'm not saying he's going to dominate, but the other teams have done this. The T- Tampa Bay's done this to great success. You bring a guy in all of a sudden that's a young guy that that almost is a little bit of a mutant. He's you know son of a major league pitcher. You know, a little bit immune to some of the stress. Maybe he catches a little magic, and and, and it kind of helps them avoid a second half backslide. I told, I told. That's another thing. The, the kid seems to have the makeup to handle it. I mean, if there's exactly. one thing, you know, that now Cal, uh, go ahead. Well, no, please finish. I that's that's it. That's all I got. I think he's their best option. I would agree with you that. Don't, you don't like it, Cal. No, I do. What I don't, I don't see the harm in kind of playing it by ear in the beginning. All right. So the first time that spot's going to come up is next Wednesday against Washington. Let Chris Young pitch on regular rest and see what happens. The next time the spot comes up is going to be the following Saturday against the Dodgers. Plug in Batista and see what happens. You know, this way here now you've bought Harvey another two weeks. And then after that, if if you didn't get what you what what you needed to get out of Batista, bring him up. But when you bring him up, he's got to stay up. You know, he's he can't come up and then you you know he has three bad starts and then they send him back down. He's got to stay. I don't think I agree with that, but I hear your point. Yeah, I I, I do too. My <laughs> asking him never to return. <laughs> I I'd, lo- I'd love to hear why. Why you don't agree? I would love. Well, I don't think you do. I don't think you you necessarily have to keep him around if he's not being effective. He's as he's a young kid. I I don't think you need to. I don't think one thing you want to make a decision. It has to stay that way. I think you can kind of play it by ear to see if he's not effective. You just send him back down. I don't think that damages him in any way. He's a young kid. I think I think it I think it it retards his development a little bit. I think you have to. I I think you do have to keep him up. But I think you have a perfect opportunity to do so. My point is, let Chris Young take the start on Wednesday. Absolutely. Don't throw him out there against the first-place Nationals in, the, in, the, in his first game or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Then let him pitch the following set. Like, why even mess with Miguel Batista? It still buys him another two starts in the minor leagues. Or Actually, he's slated to pitch Monday. So he could pitch this coming Monday and then pitch Saturday on regular rest. For the Mets, like, why mess around with Miguel Batista? Then just get the start out of Chris Young on normal rest and then put him in there on the 21st at home on a Saturday night, you know, against a a Dodger team without Andre Ethier and let him start in front of the home crowd as the fifth starter and then keep him up. I have no problem with that. 
And I think I that might ha- I think that might happen too. I don't I think just, you need him for the Wednesday start. I agree with you. Let Chris Young pitch that game on regular rest. It's fine. Of course, you need to pull Chris Young after six innings, but that's okay. That's a whole other story. Because clearly, the third time through a batting order, it's uh, T-ball. Have you ever seen anything like that, guys? Where Chris Young's bizarre to watch. Ev, I don't know if you've caught any of his starts since he came back from his shoulder surgery, but his and he had the same surgery as Santana. But he, you know, he he was always throwing eighty four, eighty five at best. But he's worse when his ball is down. <laughs> like, it's like the it's like the antithesis of what he's supposed to be. And he also he also hits a wall after the sixth inning, regardless yeah. of how many pitches he's thrown. Yeah, I mean both those starts he's been in the seventies in his pitches, yeah, and he's I, cruising. I, have you ever seen anything like that where where a guy kind of goes through the lineup twice with no problem, and then the third time they seem to have his number? I mean, I can't think of a specific example, but it, it leads me to believe that that Chris's Chris Young's success is not going to last. I mean, if you're, it seems like once he gets around the league, you know, a couple more times, it's going to be uh, bad results for him from the beginning. Wow. I, don't I mean, know I'm, I know, I know that he's been effective, and yeah. but I mean, if you're throwing, if not throwing that hard, uh, I just don't know if that success is going to last. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's an around the league thing. Ab. I think it's more um, in in game in specific that he hits a wall fatigue wise, and that it is his ball is down when he's uh, up in the zone. And again, like I said, it sounds completely contradictory. When he's up in the zone with his eighty two mile an hour cheese, he's unbelievably effective because he gets a ton of flyouts because guys try to jack the ball and they pop it up. And then in the seventh inning of both these games, he started to be down with an 82-mile-an-hour fastball, and they've hit some balls that haven't landed yet. But, the you know, the bottom line is if you get six innings out of Chris Young, you just have to know that now, you know. Yeah, you, you just have to know it. As, well, let me ask you guys a question because, yeah. you know, I don't think many people get to ask you guys Met-related questions. You guys kind of just talk about what you want to talk about. But here I am a fan of, I'm a fan of good baseball, and I enjoy watching the Mets this year. Tell me, right now, you guys are ahead of schedule. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Nope, absolutely. This was this was not the plan, although it is very welcomed and exciting. Yes. Uh, so you got Harvey that's on the cusp. He was not expected to pitch this year, correct? Uh, Maybe he no, was a September call-up? Yes. In fact, okay. I I would say, Cal, and see, uh, I'd, uh, see if you agree, I would say he was expected to be a September call-up. Right, a September call-up, right. Yeah. So... Tell me, tell me, like, forget about this year because I, I, whatever get out of this year would be great. But tell me what their starting rotation is like next year. Is Mejia involved? How far along is Wheeler? Uh, is Chris Young around? Like, what, what, what is the rotation going to be like next year? That's an excellent question. Dog, you want to take that one? Because I think it's pretty safe to say that if you guys keep the, the core and the young players keep developing. Um, this rotation could be pretty special if things happen the way you want them to happen. Absolutely, I think I, I think they think Wheeler is still two years away, just innings wise. So he you doesn't know, get Wheeler, called up at all next year. No, no I think I think next year, maybe, time next year. Right, maybe he's the call up. I'm talking about what they okay. break camp with. Okay. You know, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I, I think long term you're looking and hoping that. Uh, your top four are Wheeler, Harvey, uh, Familia or Mejia, and the, and the guy that's not is in the bullpen, and Nice. 
I mean, that's what you're hoping you're talking. And then, you know, Dickie's somewhere in there because he can pitch till he's 50. And Dylan G. You know, and well, see, one of these guys, if Wheeler and Harvey are legit, okay, if two of those four guys out of Wheeler, Harvey, Familia, and Mejia are legit, then Nice, G, one of those guys becomes expendable. Well, it won't be Nice because I think I think they signed him to a long-term contract because they want him here. I think they signed him to a long-term contract for two reasons. One is they want him here, but two, he makes it all. He makes him awfully easy to trade because he's got a friendly. You know what I mean? He yeah, becomes a nice trade piece. Too. Yeah, but it's it's tough to it's tough to trade young left-handed starting pitching that's, that's no, no, affordable. Absolutely. To answer your question, I want to. I think next year. Answer the question, Claire. I'm going to answer the question and see what you think. Uh, I think next year's rotation will be will be very very similar to what you see right now when they break camp. I think you're going to see Dickey, you're going to see Santana, you're going to see Nice. Where did he get that? Lovely. Dickey, Santana, Nice, Harvey, G. I think that's your those are your five starters next year. Yeah, that's that's probably right. That's probably right. In some order. But you never know. It's, maybe interesting, it's interesting to see how G recovers from this. I hope he does. Yeah, I know. Now, uh, Ev, you have to be enjoying uh, what the Red Sox are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was inter- I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast uh, from the All Star Game. I don't know if anybody caught it, where he was interviewing Kevin Millar. Bits and which, pieces. Bits and pieces. Which, as as all of Simmons' podcasts end up turning into a uh, you know a, a Red Sox uh, you know uh, uh, worship session and uh, recounting of the uh, 2004 World Series. Right. Uh, there's there's no other way that that his podcast involving <laughs> ball players can end up. But, um, Isn't it weird how they always gloss over 2007? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> but it's it, it, it interesting because Kevin Millar was talking about how dysfunctional the, the Red Sox clubhouse is, and it, it's just apparently it's just like the talk, it was the talk of the, the All Star Game. Everyone <laughs> talking about how uh, horrible the clubhouse is, how what a disaster Bobby Valentine has been, <laughs> about how from from the very beginning him calling out Euclid was was just the worst possible thing he could ever have done. And it's right. so typical of Bobby Valentine. Yeah, oh, I mean, Bobby Valentine, you know, just comes in there and lights a match. Like, the, any situation he comes into, he's like, hey, does anybody uh, have that TNT keg? Because uh, I got a match. I'm but gonna, you could uh, totally see him, like, you know, like, twirling his, uh, his, uh, fake mustache, his fake mustache and saying, uh, you know, ah, this will this will be perfect. I'll I'll insult one of the mainstays here. And right. it'll light a fire under him. Yeah, that's what it'll do. All right, Ev, I got a, I got a couple of uh, general baseball uh, questions for you. All right, uh, then, I'll, then I'll hang up and let, and let you guys uh, listen. I'll listen no, let you guys talk. Stay on all night. We love you. Are you kidding? This is uh, this is like Christmas uh, five months early. This is a delight. Dr. E. Ray Stad, of all people. Uh, I do have a, uh, a uh, reunion question to ask you as well. Uh <laughs> I mean, while we have you on, has that been has that been discussed on air? We've mentioned it, we've alluded to it, but now it's it, we're right. kind of like in the red zone. <laughs> that's yeah, true. I'll tell you, 
I don't know what what your listeners have experienced in terms of uh, 20-year reunions, but it has been a uh, a wonderful week for people vying for attention. Uh, <laughs> it's it unbelievable. Really, yeah. Okay, it but go really ahead. Has. Facebook has made the whole experience really special. Um, unbelievable. What cries for help we have witnessed. <laughs> Uh, so, biggest surprise in baseball right now, Ev, is it the Pirates? I, I think it's the Pirates. I mean, if you're going for team, then I think Pirates, obviously. Um, I think you could say Baltimore has been a, a surprise, although does anyone really think they're going to keep this up? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were talking about players, I mean, obviously, to think that the, the two players that people want to see the most and are the biggest talk of baseball being 19 and 20, that's a pretty big surprise. You 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 have to love that. You have. To. I do. I, really I love. I like both of those yeah. guys. I mean, I you know I know that people say some bad things about Bryce Harper, but um, uh, how do you not how do you not want to watch him play? I mean, he's pretty it, exciting it, right now. I I I'm I was thinking of this in terms of you know we all have uh, you know young kids or whatever, and thinking about watching the All Star Game and how. Um, you know, just getting excited. Like, I hope in a couple of years, like, John, you know, is, like, pumped to watch the All-Star game and watch, like, Trout and watch Harper and watch, like, right. these guys, you know, as pumped as we were to watch, like, young guys. But I can't I, – you know, we had Strawberry. I mean, that was, like, the big thing for Met fans. You know, we had Strawberry come up in 83. He was only – how old was Strawberry? And and Gooden, obviously. Gooden was 19. Strawberry was, like, 20. He's 22. Yeah, 22. Like, we – those were our young – Guys, you and I will mention that you you guys have a different experience than me in your in our prime years because I went through many years and I'm not listen I'm not saying poor me Yankee fan but I went through a bunch of years in the prime of my life where we got one a year, right? We got one obligatory player a year. You had it was bad times. You had Madden. We had no, we had Maddenly, but there was many years you know up to that where it was like uh, you know uh, you know. Dennis Rasmussen and nobody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had, no, you had some stinky years in there in your formative years where it was. Uh, you maybe had Ricky, Ricky Nice, right? You know, H- Henderson made it a couple. I mean, you had Mattingly those years. You know what? You know what? Uh, I had to crack up at guys with the two. I thought of you, Ev, totally, and I thought of uh, Rich, our buddy Rich, who's another uh, Yankee fan, and Dan too. Was uh, Butch Weininger seeing Butch Weininger's uh-huh. name all over the All Star game? Which one? great. He was the previous youngest player to uh, uh, get a hit or be in the all-star position player, right? He was 20, Butch Weiniger, and as a position player for the Twins in 1976. You guys he was my favorite Yankee catcher for years until Posada. I had no idea that Butch Weiniger was ever more than like a total journeyman catcher. And he was in the All-Star game at age 20. Yeah. And at, I, I remember from my baseball cards that he was a highly touted prospect. Was it? See, I never thought of number 27, right, Butch Weininger? As a twin. As a twin. By the time he made it to the Yankees, I, I always thought of him as, as, as kind of a journeyman, but... It was over by then. <laughs> uh, you know he made two consecutive All-Star games? I didn't know that. Dr. Wow. E-Ray, stat is back, baby. Yeah. You see how fast he brought that up? <laughs> Where did when did he made the All Star team in what seventy six and seventy seven F seventy six he had two ninety four six home runs and thirty seven RBIs at the break big time stats made the All Star team at age and 20. then 
the following year, he had six home runs and 47 RBIs, made it again, 1977. Now, what did he finish with in 77? Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's easily figured home run out. to be the magic number. Yeah. He seems to like <laughs> just stop at that six home run mark. Yeah, 65 career uh, home runs, so he was a big power hitter. But I loved him. I, he was lefty. I loved him. You love Butch Weiniger. Right. He was a okay. switch hitter. He was a switch hitter, but uh, I always batted lefty and wiffle ball as Butch Weiniger. We were really? we were going to talk about that uh, last week, Evan. We didn't get to it about going through an all star lineup and playing wiffle ball, oh. and uh, and trying to do every stance for the all star game. That was like yep. a special thing. That was that was a given. That was one of my favorite things to do. Because we yep. did that. You did that normally uh, with like the Yankee lineup. So like Kevin and I would play wiffle ball and we'd do the Met lineup and I'd do every stance. Yeah, but yeah. here's the. Did you did you bat lefty if it was lefty yeah, hitter? No, I batted. Well, that's, well now now here's the big question though. The big question I, I pose it to both of you: When it was a big moment in the game, did you stay lefty? I did. So did I. If, if Strawberry to. was up, I was hitting lefty. Yep. Say, for, for me, it was Matt. If Mattingly was up, I had to be lefty. See, I was lucky though because I, I McWalters was uh, a lefty or is a lefty throws lefty. So I was always able to use the right-handed hitting Met platoon lineup <laughs> that had, that had uh, Mookie at the top and Tuffle hitting two, and then I would go Keith, Gary, Strawberry, Knight, uh, I, and uh, I would do Kevin Mitchell in that seven spot, and then uh, Rafi, of course, in the eight spot, Santana. That was a good yeah. lineup, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have the luxury of playing against any lefties. So. so you had to go Backman and Dystra. I went to yeah, a lot of a lot of bunts, a lot of slaps the other way. Now, what would you do if it was a switch hitter? I mean, would you go with your natural side? No, you go with whatever the pitcher. You go with whatever you're facing. That's yeah. Right. yeah, and I, I remember I grew up against two lefties, so it was easy. That's right. You had Terrence and uh, PJ, right? PJ, yeah. You <clears throat> now, what did your Bobby Meacham stance look like? Was it a good-looking <laughs> stance? How about? Uh, no, not at all. How about your Andre Robertson stance? You, you, you can't mention one without the other. I challenge you to do that. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Yev, uh, let me ask you. What was your favorite stance? How about that? <laughs> I, I love doing manually. But I, I remember um, I had uh, I had Dale Barra going big time. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, bro. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Dale Barra, huh? No, no, no doubt uh, about it. No doubt about it. A great from your mouth, bro. <laughs> How about that? Let me ask you though, what did Dale Berra ever do for you? What did he ever do for me? Cal- a lot of coke. A lot of coke. Berra, okay? A lot of coke. <laughs> Cal's clearly been working on his bro and entitlement impression. It's really, it's really coming along. He's doing uh, a great job. Ev, if you had to start a team tomorrow, you're drafting a baseball team, and you have your choice of one guy, is it Harper or is it Trout? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I probably would go Harper. Really? It's a tough call. I probably would go Harper. That surprises me. All right, his follow-up. Harper or Strasburg? Kinky. I, I think I'd still go with Harper. I, I, I think Strasburg's, I don't know. He scares me a little bit injury-wise. I don't know why. For Gile. Oh, I know why. It's because he's got a completely unnatural motion. And yeah. Uh, that's Mark that's probably it. Yeah. That's probably it. 
who have we seen that's held up other than Verlander? That is, you know, and 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 again, I got news for you, Verlander. I mean, you just you can't, you can't. He's a max effort guy. You can't do it. He's done it. You know. Hey, you know what? Felix Hernandez. Felix Hernandez. Yeah, that's true. I guess. To date. To date. The jury's still out. I uh, Cal, how about that question for you? Trout or Harper? You're starting a team tomorrow. Trout. Yeah, but that's because we hate Harper. I would right. go Trout too. <laughs> I, I hate Harper. If if Harper was on the uh, the Orioles, uh, Ev, you'd be taking Trout. I, I, I don't know. I, if he was I on the Red Sox, you definitely right. would. I think you're probably no. right. If he was on the Red Sox, of, of course, obviously. Yeah. But same thing, if Harper was on the Phillies, of course, too. You know? <laughs> And Jason Hayward's, you know, on the Braves. Like he's gonna his Hall of Fame plaque is. Have they finished it yet? Or it's right next to Tommy Hansen's. I think. <laughs> <They finished laughs> no, it's right next to all Tommy Hansen's Cy Young awards. Right, right next to those. those. Um, Ev, I got one. I got a, a gem for you. You ready for this? Sure. Saturday night, July twenty first. Right, the night the night of our twenty year reunion. Oh boy. And. And the Mets have called up Matt Harvey to take that start <laughs> on a seven o'clock game against the Dodgers at City Field. All right, over under on on Cal and I, or no, give me odds on Cal and I at the uh, bar in the Sheridan Hop Hog. Classy, by the way, you stay classy, Comac. Uh, it's it's uh. <laughs> It's two to it's it's pretty low four to one and I would say two to one you're joined by Billy Abelson. <laughs> I, I I think Vegas has that going off at five to two that Cal and I are there for the duration. I think yeah, I the think... odds are pretty good that we may not even go to the reunion. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the odds are that we're at City Field. Well, I was going to say I think it's pretty the odds are pretty low to begin with that you guys would end up spending most of the night watching the Met game anyway. No matter who's, no matter who's, no matter if it's Chris Young, Miguel Bautista, or uh, you know Jaime Delapino. That's going off. Is Jaime Delapino available? I think he's at the reunion. <laughs> he's with us. Uh, yeah, if it was Homer Bailey, yes. Oh well, he, please. He would be uh, tripping the light. Fantastic. You know, Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey would be going all the way downtown. He Homer be, barely spent the night showing the ladies how to dance the Watusi. <laughs> That's some dance. <laughs> oh, Matt Harvey and Homer Bailey. Well, Matt <laughs> Harvey, by the way, is an old school name. I love it. Matt Harvey's an old school name. Matt too. Harvey. Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey and his good friend Homer Bailey were out drinking the night away <laughs> at the Copa Cabana. <laughs> See you two chores. <laughs> Stay away, ladies. He's married. <laughs> but not Matt Harvey. He's single, girls. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Oma Bailey's taken. Um, Ev, uh, one more thing about uh, uh, baseball, and then I, I want to get a quick uh, uh, jet uh, thing from you because we missed all of that. You were gone. Uh, and and they, they went crazy and got Tim Tebow. But one last uh, Met comment. Or I should say baseball comment. Uh, right now, we're at the break. It's a perfect time. Give me your uh, give me your division winners because you're good at this. I like when you do this. Give me who, who's in the playoffs. Yeah, who's in the playoffs? 
American right. League, go. Um, I think, and we got two wild cards this year, huh? That's correct. That's changed since I've been out, right? <laughs> That's something new, yeah. That's something new. That's right. The gimmick. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not that good at this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I definitely say I say the Yankees, the Rangers. Um, I, do the White Sox hold up? I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Detroit. What do you think of that? Detroit takes the division. Okay. Uh, my two wild cards are going to be Tampa okay. and uh, and the uh, the Angels. And the Angels. Okay, I like it. National Last League. Um, I'm going to say Atlanta takes the division. Ooh. Yep. Okay. I think. I think St. Louis. I don't think I don't believe in Pittsburgh. No, um, I think Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think uh, San Francisco. Okay. And then my two wild cards are going to be the Nationals and the New York Mets. <gasps> well, I do declare. I believe That's I have what I'm saying. It's a feisty team. I like this team, feisty. <laughs> Brian, is it warm in here? <laughs> well, I do declare that Evan Eisenberg, he gives me the vapors when, he's, uh, when he talks with that tongue. So, I don't know why I became an effeminate southern man, but happened. <laughs> Uh, very interesting. Cal, what do you, uh, what do you make of that? What do I make of what? The fact that he just double jinxed us? Oh, uh, it comes from a good Brian. place and you know it. It comes from a good place and you know it. I know, it. no, I know. I know, I know it does. I know it does. Brian. Um, well, listen, uh, I, I don't believe in Pittsburgh. I don't believe in Cincinnati. Although Cincinnati has been unbelievable pitching-wise. Um, and they have the Joey Votto. The great Joey Votto. Yes. The great, the great Italian hope. You don't uh, think you don't think the Red Sox are gonna be able to? No, I, you know I was very close to saying the Red Sox, but I don't know. Um, I just don't know what's gonna happen with them. I, I don't believe they made they made a good decision by trading Euclid. Right, he seems to be yeah. uh, rejuvenated over there in Chicago. Yeah. He yeah. could be a difference maker for the White Sox. He's not a Bob Valentine guy, I guess. And you know, well, it, it, I think it's a huge. It was a huge get for the White Sox to have a guy in that clubhouse who's. Been through the wars, pennant race, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I think that was an excellent, and he's obviously rejuvenated. He's he's uh, tearing the cover off the ball since he got there, and a great, you know, a very uh, uh, gritty. Can you can you say Kevin Euclid without saying gritty? I, no, I think you can. You, you get fined. I think it's, it's Greek for gritty. Euclid. <laughs> Is he the Greek god of gritty? He's the Greek god of walks and grit. I uh, I love how many times you said I don't believe in Pittsburgh, Ev. I think it's a song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Either that or, you know, to continue the theme from the top of the show, it's like a really bad, uh, like, Dan Fogelberg song from, from the 70s. Uh, uh, why, am I supposed to, why am I supposed to believe in a team where the two best pitchers are, are McDonald and Burnett, and I can't name three others? Uh, is Kevin Correa still there? Uh, is he? Is Al, Al- is Al Albuquerque? I'm, I'm supposed to think a team is going to, with those two uh, pitchers and nobody else, come on. Come on now. Wow. Come on. Do, I, they at least, do they at least finish 500 for the first time in, in 20, 20 years? years. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that at all this weekend. No? Um, no. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a very good chance they do. Yeah, I'm looking for, I hope they do. Yeah, no, I, I. It was so funny when they got to nine games over. I think they're ten games over, right? 
Uh, but when they got to nine games over, it was the first time they were nine games over this late in the season in 20 years. 48 and 37, yep. I mean, that's just, they're 11 games over. Pardon me. The break came at the wrong time for that team. They yeah, absolutely. Fi- they were on fire. Um, you know what? I don't want to talk about the Jets. We'll have you back on the show. How's that sound? You'll have to come back on the show great. to talk about the Jets. Last, last thing uh, for me, uh, we talked a little bit about the All-Star game. We were going to talk about it uh, further tonight about that idea that that guy called in with that, I thought, was, that I thought was great. Yeah. Tell that tell the, the you're on board with this, right? I think this is a yeah. I don't I don't idea. understand I don't understand why it hasn't been brought up yet. Well, first of all, I'm not really sure what the love affair with um, by the commissioner of this current format. There's not one baseball fan I know that this makes <laughs> no, sense no, to. No. There's not one. Baseball it doesn't make player. any sense to me why we're tying this meaningless, ridiculous game to anything to do with the World Series. It makes no sense to me. Why don't they do it like every other sport where the team, besides football, which is neutral field, but why why don't they do it where the best team gets the one-game advantage? I just don't get it. Makes and no that, and I just I don't, I don't get it. Cal, uh, we're referring to, well, you know, Cal, we're referring to the idea that this guy, this caller brought up uh, to WFAN. I've been listening to a lot of sports talk radio this week, guys. Um, and uh, this caller brought up to FAN about make the All-Star game, the baseball All-Star game, for charity. Make each team playing for a specific charity. The winner gets $100,000. The loser gets still gets $50,000 or something like that or whatever it is, whatever the numbers are. The numbers could be astronomical. It's the All-Star game. It's Major League Baseball players. You make the week about awareness for the particular uh, charity that you're playing for, maybe it's breast cancer, maybe it's heart disease, maybe it's prostate cancer, maybe it's uh, lung disease, uh, lung cancer, whatever. You could rotate it every year. You could change it every year. You could raise hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, uh, for research. The players would have a motivation to play hard in the game. They're playing for a charity. There's and no player that wouldn't play hard in this scenario. There's no player that wouldn't play hard in this scenario. Except Bryce Harper. Or A-Rod. <laughs> so, no, seriously, like, everybody wins here. Major League Baseball gives back to the community. There's meaning to the game. Okay, people are interested in it. You make it during the home run derby. You make it during, you know, all the activities, all the festivities. It becomes a four-day or a three-day deal where you raise awareness for a particular disease, raise a ton of money. How is this not a brilliant idea? There's There's fan interest. People will watch it. I mean, who if they're playing for, uh, you know, kids will still watch it and stuff like that. But if they're playing for lung cancer or something like that, or some uh, uh, charity that's near and dear to your heart, uh, or if you even have a heart <laughs> that, you know, it affects you, how are you not going to watch that game and want to see who wins? I'll tell you right now, this, this idea is so good. It should be this way for football. It should be this way for basketball. I mean... These are these are games that nobody cares about anymore. I agree. I agree. So you're I mean, telling me you wouldn't. You're telling me you wouldn't be more interested in in the Pro Bowl, which I would probably say my interest level is at zero. Yeah, I don't know. So if it's got to go up for the Pro Bowl though, Ev, because what? it's it's. I don't know if you do it for the Pro Bowl because it's difficult for those guys to play hard because it's a physical game. Like the last thing you the last thing you want to see is a guy get you know tear up his knee and never play again in a Pro Bowl. I'm not necessarily talking about they have to play so hard they get hurt in football, but I'm talking about the game itself, the winner, 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Char- it's, it's really the charity. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely. It's a nice thing. It, uh, who cares if it's a 77 to 70 shootout? You know, like exactly. Just exactly. I don't care. I don't care. Charity. Break records. It's the amount of touchdowns you score. It's charity. Right. Right. That's right. How is this? How is this not being and and especially for the Major League Baseball All Star Game, which needs fixing. It needs to be fixed. It stinks," said S.J. the critic from the critic. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> underrated show. Tremendously underrated show. Cal, rated, overrated, underrated. The critic, underrated. PJ, rated, overrated, underrated. Let's see if PJ's awake. He doesn't like playing that game, though. Lovitz is an anti-Semite. This show show has gotten so edgy since I've left. I can't even believe it. (laughs) It is is, uh, pretty edgy, without at all being edgy. Um, should we should we let uh, Doctor Erase that go? You, you, anything else? Anything yes. you want to plug? Anything you're working on? <laughs> yes, I'd like to plug plug uh, my uh, my urology clinic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be doing surgery at uh, Lij. So uh, on the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. I'm doing two for one vasectomies this weekend. <laughs> uh, bring a friend; he's for free. <laughs> Of course, you have to talk him into it. I'm not talking him into it. Exactly. Um, oh, well, thanks, Al, for, there, thanks for having me on, boys. There is one more thing I, I wanted to uh, to share while we had you. Mm-hmm. While we had you on the line, I was going to tell Cal about this earlier, but you can totally appreciate this. Um, <laughs> so I had that audition. We're not going to say for what or whatever, but I had an audition the other day, and one of the saw I was telling Cal earlier, it's a classic example of. Uh, whoever wrote this is not an Italian-American. Because the character's character's supposed to be an Italian-American and like a kind of a, you know, for lack of a better word, like a Goomba kind of thing. Uh, But, so the line was written like this, and I refused to say it. I I changed it in the audition because no Italian-American would talk this way. It was, uh, uh, the character before me says, uh, oh, and the butter. They're talking about how much butter French people put in to their food. Like they use so much butter. And the line was, mamma mia, the butter's even worse. They put butter in everything. <laughs> and I'm I'm running my lines and I'm, you know, I'm preparing to go. And I, I'm not going to say it. I won't do it. I, I, I refused. I went into the audition. I said, Maron. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You did not. I did. I absolutely did. I said, Madon, they put butter in everything. You know, the butter's even worse. You know, and Madon just fell out of my mouth, and that's what I went with. And the casting director... Yeah, um, can you just say the lines as written, you know, (laughs) trying to, you know, put on a show here that's authentic. I don't know if you know anything about (laughs) Italian-Americans, but, you know, they say Mamma Mia. Right. So the first guy goes in... I'm at the audition the other day, and I, this was like a thing. Like, Teresa's running lines with me and stuff, and she's like, you're really going to say that? I'm like, absolutely. I- I'm sorry. Nobody says Mamma Mia. No one says that. In the history of my family, I'm 100% Italian. No one has ever said Mamma Mia. Like, it became it became a joke between Teresa and I. She was like, good luck on the audition. I'm like, Mamma Mia, I should have get it. <laughs> so, so... I'm I'm in the audition and the first guy goes in and you can hear him through the door and he gets to that line and I hear 
Mamma mia! They, the butter's even worse. They put butter in everything. He walked out 14 seconds later, and they didn't even let him finish the scene. <laughs> That's what convinced me I'm going with the Marone. I'm, I'm and what did they say? What was the reaction? She laughed, actually. And the casting director gave a little chuckle because it was. Did they, say, did they ask you to explain your. No. Change no. It was, nope. I had seen other actors do that on other. Like, I, I've been out for uh, another show where I'm playing at, like, Boardwalk Empire or something like that. And I've heard, you know, guys go into auditions and change the lines and make them sound more like. You know, I mean, come on, Ev. You, you're half Italian. Cal, you're uh, you have that French Canadian in you. We know that, but you you have uh, your Italian. PJ is 100 percent Italian. I think there may be a little check in there somewhere. Has well, anybody I have to tell family, you. <laughs> has anybody in your family ever said, "Mamma mia, they put butter in everything"? Holy cannoli! <laughs> Come on. In my house, it was often uh, "Mamma mia, oi gavolt." <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. I just could not bring myself to say, "Mamma Mia!" I couldn't make it work for the characters. Wow. So I, I, I I applaud you for standing up to your uh, Italian roots and making doing. I didn't be authentic. Yeah, all your ancestors proud. Scott said to me, "He's like, you could have went a lot of ways. You could have went Manajaminkia. You could have went a lot of ways there." Yeah, you, know? you did a good job. I like that. I think that makes you stand out. I think so too. Hey, did look. they did they write um in pen in your folder uh, insubordinate <laughs> and then they fake erased? They they, they said uh, <laughs> thank you we have your uh, we have your headshot thank you <laughs> we we have your cannot follow basic of inst- does, most basic instructions does not Let's call take back direction. the good looking difficult guy he was <laughs> <laughs> cannot take direction. Knows nothing of authentic Italian dialogue. Wouldn't say pizza paia. <laughs> San Pietro I'm must surprised. be a stage name. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a line from like a Sbarro's commercial. I mean, it's I'm terrible. telling you, and this is—I'm telling you right now too. This is for like a well-written movie, and like you know what I'm what I'm assuming it's a, it's a well-known writer and everything, and I, that was in there, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. I'm not I can't I'm 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 probably not gonna get this part, gentlemen, which is fine. But um I can't wait till we see this movie and we see who they cast as it. If he says Mamma Mia, I'm going back into that casting office. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in and demand satisfaction. Not only is it authentic prairie gibberish. <laughs> well listen, anyway. uh, you guys, thanks for having me on for such a long period of time and uh it's it was great to be back and I enjoy the show. You guys are doing a great job. And PJ, I love you, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm wearing I'm wearing a, uh, a PJ T-shirt right now, actually. It's interesting. <laughs> the caricature of you with Cal and Sam Pete on either side of you making one of those, like, oh, boy, kind of looks, but you're in the middle. <laughs> with his arms shrugged, like, what am I going to exactly, do? Exactly, exactly. It's one of those, like, it's like a buddy comedy shirt. Right. What is, uh, what what are you gonna what would you title the spinoff as? What is PJ's spinoff title? If we're if we're ready to if we're ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, what is PJ's spinoff podcast? Is it pop uh, culture all night long? Right, PJ pop culture. Pee in Too your pants P- with PJ. 
the pants pier with PJ. Pop culture PJ. Love it. Love it. I, you just call it Three's a Crowd. <laughs> I think they call did it that. Endless references. <laughs> All right, night boys. Talk to you later. Thank you, Ev. We love you. Oh Bye-bye. boy, that was a that what was a, a delight. What a delight. Wasn't that nice? It was so unexpected, yet it so welcome. It was. Oh, what a delight. So nice to have Dr. Ray Stat back. For those of you who don't know, who are new to the program, new to the podcast. Dr. Ray Stat is unavailable. Uh, and sexy. When we first started doing this show, Cal and I, two and a half years ago, two years and seven months ago, uh, Evan uh, was our uh, our guy. He was our third man in who uh, provided us with stats and whatnot. And, uh, you know, life uh, circumstances, all wonderful ones, by the way, I might add, have sort of prevented Ev from, from being able to join us every week. Uh, but uh, Now that feature is missing from the program. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have, uh, you know, we we uh, we appreciate that he came on for a couple of minutes. PJ is here now with us, which is good, right? Lovely. He's singing the praises of uh, Doctor Iray, and then there's PJ. <laughs> there's Who's no be- funny robot voice about me. <laughs> he was being docked for this time. <laughs> PJ, did you sign out? Uh, tonight, once the, once Evan came on the show, did you punch out? I I I, I wanted to lay back. Yeah, no, let, I, let I, the man talk. We, uh, I didn't was, want to let was, Cal talk, but I wanted to let uh, E Ray talk. That was enjoyable. Hey, a uh, couple things here. We got we got like uh, twenty three minutes left. Uh, Cal, I want to ask you about uh, the Islander uh, thing. Uh, which which one? Which thing is that? The Nassau County uh, RFQ. Uh, I guess. Did you see? You saw this? We saw the articles or whatever. Nassau County Ed Mangano put out a uh, request for qualifications for the site at uh, in Nassau County for the Coliseum. And uh, there are apparently two plans, Bri. Did you know this? Uh, no. Yes, this RFQ is for two plans. One plan with the Islanders, one plan for that land without the Islanders. All right, yes. In case in case the Islanders are not on board with this, which which they have shown no indication to be on board with. Nor why would they be? I mean, At this as, point, as as Galoff, BD Galoff pointed out today, I mean, am I saying that right? At BD Galoff. So BD Galoff would be would be fine. Do you have to? Is it WNBC? Get it emphasized. WNBC. BD Galoff. BD Galoff, yeah, like you know, CBS anyway, He writes uh, uh, Islander stuff for CBS. dot com online, right? CBS Radio or CBS Radio. Anyway. He writes online, he writes an Islander column, and he wrote today uh, taking this RFQ thing apart uh, and saying basically it's so the county can say, hey, we tried when the Islanders leave because the Islanders will want no part of whatever this request for qualifications is. Right. So basically what I'm trying to say is our team is going to leave. For the first time in our lives, 
ever, we are going to be forced with our team leaving. Well, leaving leaving their current location. Leaving. It doesn't necessarily mean they're leaving our area. I think it does. I, I think the jury's out on that, too. How could they not go to Quebec, Bri? Why would they not? What are they going to do? Go to Brooklyn? I mean, where are they going to go? They're going to go to Quebec. Why? Why are they not going to Kansas City? Then I don't. You don't know where they're going. It's still it's still too early to 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 determine where they're going to go. I know where they're not going. They're not going to Brooklyn. Nassau County. They're not going. They're definitely not going there. And neither would I. But they're they're not going to Brooklyn. And they're not going to Queens because uh, the ownership of our beloved Metropolitans uh, can't see the writing on the wall that that would be a good idea to bring them to Willett's Point. So where are they going? I don't know. I just I'm just I'm just disgusted with the whole thing. I'm just disgusted. I read that Galoff article today, Galoff BD Galoff article today, and I'm disgusted. With all of them, with all of them, with every politician in Nassau County, with the county itself, with the town of Hempstead. I mean, heck, I'm I'm even I'm disgusted with with Wong, you know, because he wouldn't bend enough to get this done or that done. And then it turns out that Suozzi, uh, Tom Suozzi, didn't actually follow through on what he was going to do with the lighthouse proposal. Everybody, everybody punted this. And because of it, we lose our hockey team. A team that, that, that we have invested time and money and emotions and invested. Gone. Because of the, the, the uh, as, as Galoff put it today, the town cares more about the 70-year-old voter than he does about the Islander fan. I'm sick. I'm sorry, I'm sick. Does this change the way you view the upcoming hockey season now? Absolutely. How can it not? I feel bad for these guys. I feel bad for John Tavares. Do. Why do you? Why do you feel bad? If 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 what you're saying is correct, and they're going to move in three years, why do you feel bad for these guys? Because in three years, they're going to be in the prime of their career in a place that's going to support them better than any place could support a team. But they because I feel badly for them because they have to go through those three years as lame ducks. For a team that's going to leave, for a fan base that wants them, well, I, and quite for frankly, a town and a county and and and, and a, a political situation that doesn't want anything to do with them. I feel I don't feel badly for them. I feel worse for us, for the fans, because we're the ones that are going to be left with nothing. These guys, at least, are going to go to a place where they're wanted. That's and, a they're, good. Going be, and, they're, and they're going to be treated like heroes but arriving. They are, they are wanted here by the fan base. Yes, I know, but I'm saying in three years, when they go, we're the ones left with nothing, and they are the ones that are going to move on to a much better opportunity. I get that, but I feel badly for them, Bri. I feel badly for them because they, they I think, you know, John Tavares signed a contract to be here. It's just loud. It's lousy. He wants to be in New York. I mean, don't forget, he's going to be moving from New York to Kansas City in the prime of his career. Or Quebec. Or Quebec. Where where are you going to be? Well, all right. Take Quebec out of the equation. But uh, still, he's leaving New York. Okay? New York. You know, he has a chance to be a huge star in New York, even if he does play for the Islanders. 
or he could be a Canadian national hero in his own, in his homeland in Quebec. Why did the Quebec Nordique lose the team in uh, Quebec lose the Nordiques in the first place? Not enough support. Well, then th- who's to say they're going to support another team? I mean, uh, look, you know what sucks here the worst, Brian, is that we have no recourse. None. You have absolutely no recourse. And to be honest, neither do the players. All of this, all the machinations here are in the hands of a couple of local politicians. All of it. Yeah, you're right. You have absolutely no recourse. 20,000 fans could go down to the Coliseum and protest, and it wouldn't make a lick of difference. Or you could get 16,000 fans at all 41 games this year. Won't make a lick of difference. Won't make a lick of difference. Doesn't make a difference. I know. I would, I would There's caution... There's no recourse for the fan. None. Uh, How is that possible? Five begin. <laughs> Yeah, the, you know what? The, the bribes, PJ, aren't even good enough because the town of Hem, uh, the town of Hempstead and the county of Nassau is the most corrupt county in the country. In the country, the county, the Nassau County, is a disgrace. Ask Ask Scott about it someday, Peach. Ask my brother about about the corruption in the town of, in the, the county of Nassau. Why do I keep saying the county of Nassau? <laughs> News breaking just now. Nassau County corrupt stinks I haven't we'll be back with the weather um, <laughs> world's worst anchorman no seriously the- can, can 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 I just can I get you off the ledge just for a second maybe maybe can I can I try to just let you know that there's still a long way to go before 2015 we don't know what's going to happen. Well, we know what's going to happen in Nassau, Bri. We kind of do, but we don't know what's going to happen with the team. The team might, you know, they, Suffolk County tomorrow could come up with a proposal to keep them on Long Island. You, we don't know. Yeah. They could go They could go play that game in Brooklyn, that exhibition game, and, and it, 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 would, it could be a smashing success. You're right. I know. You know? Just... That's why it, it's still, it's too soon... To be on the ledge. You know how you, you know how you are with the Mets. I am not familiar with what you're talking. About. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Islanders right now. That's where I am with this Islanders situation. Yeah. I resigned myself to the fact that they're going to move. I, I can understand. I'm going to have to face not having a team. And it, and you know what? I'm a control freak, Brian. You know this. Mm. Okay. I hate that this is out of my control. There's nothing you can do. There's not a blessed thing I can do. So why don't you just continue to watch them? Oh, I will. And root for them and, and, and root as hard as you can that they win a cup in the next three years. Could you imagine? Because that would make it a lot easier to let them go. That's true. And it and it would make it a lot harder for for them to be let go. Right. Imagine imagine they win a Stanley Cup in right. the in the spring of 2015, right. and then in the fall, they take the cup to Quebec, <laughs> and and Nassau County is just what happened? Hey, what happened? We were gonna we were gonna parade it up Hempstead Turnpike. <laughs> we were gonna have the parade nice right across the street from Hofstra. We were gonna go to Wantaw Park and have a rally. <laughs> we're gonna 
going to put it on a swing at Eisenhower Park. Nice. Why is your franchise canceled due to total lack of interest? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what happened? And other fun stuff. Uh, I am. I am. uh, I will come in off the ledge, but only, only because you asked nicely and you have a cookie. And also, when they if if they're playing uh, fun hockey come November or December, you'll be you will that you'll be off the ledge. The window will be shut. You'll be parked on the couch and rooting along. Okay, we got it. Okay. <laughs> Stop being sufficiently in off the ledge. We're gonna put a lock on the window. All right, that's it for the Islanders. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, it stinks. This this whole RFQ thing stinks on ice. Um, it, <laughs> did you see what I did? Oh man! Oh man! Did anybody get any Dristan? <laughs> PG, did you hear me talking about the Dristan? No, I was answer? on hold with uh, with E Ray at that time. Right, you were answering the call. I was saying that a friend of mine got Dristan for me back in February. Because I, I had a cold, and he's like, "Oh, I'll run out to the store. I'll get you some." A Mexican pharmacy? Where did you get that? <laughs> That's what I said. I said, "What'd you take? A, what'd you get in a DeLorean? <laughs> bring, bring it back to me." And then I, and then I, uh, PJ knocked me on my ass. Knocked me so far on my ass, I, my head was down at work. I couldn't even think. It's like it was do like somebody hit me that, with a sledgehammer. Do you know that there's a new version of Nyquil that's just called ZZZ Quill? <laughs> no. Uh, if I'm lying, I'm dying. It's called. <laughs> Where like do they sell ex- that? Yeah, right. It's, they sell it right next to Nyquil at CVS and Dwayne Reed. It's it's like the super sleepy version of Nyquil, as if Nyquil by itself wasn't. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. So if listen, if Nyquil's not getting the job done for you, you got bigger problems. Right. I mean, I thought there was like Dayquil, which was okay. Nyquil, which was knockout drops. So what the right. heck is Z-Z-Z-Z-Quil. or is hibernation medication. Called Comaquil. <laughs> right. Good night, Irene Quill. Or when you've got a month off from work. <laughs> Sabbatical Quill. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. I may have to get some of that. Um, you know, that might be for the kind of, like, my, uh, for my wife who, uh, uh, is such a light sleeper that if I bat my eyelashes too heavily, she wakes up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She's a, she's an extreme way talking light sleeper. Like, do, you you have to, do you have to breathe? I'm uh, trying to picture the old, the old Dristan commercial, but <laughs> but I keep I keep seeing a timer, like a clock with a timer. Yep. <laughs> but I don't think that's Dristan. I think that's Primatine Mist. I think that is Primatine Mist. I think you're right. Right? You spray this stuff up your nose and then you set the timer? I don't know why you would set the timer. Tristan had the capsule <laughs> that would break in half and all of the time-release beads would fall out. <laughs> why is Primatine Mist challenging me to time this? Primatine Mist is that jerk. Like, yeah, time me. That's how Go good ahead. I am. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's how good I am. Time me. You going to find something better? Set the clock. <laughs> But PJ, you're right. Dristan had the time release capsules that floated in slow motion. That's right. That's that's right. Primatine so, mist is like a bully. Delivering yeah, medicine when your body needs it. 
Yeah, well, I got news for you. When I took it that day, my body must have really needed it. Cause it's well, everything <laughs> probably it melted at once. It delivered so all the meds probably... in four seconds. <laughs> where where did he find the drift stand? Like next to the Anison? I, I mean, I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. Guys, I'm gonna take a picture of the. I I I I still have the box at work, Pete. Just in case. Just in case I need Bring to this check. up, cashier, and give me a pack of free dead. <laughs> he went into a retro uh, pharmacy. <laughs> wow! Right, retro pharmacy. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, right guard? No, they still make right guard. Wait, right guard aerosol. Dry. A little Aradex. little Aradex to dry. Right guard aerosol, though. Can't find that anymore. Brute 33. Brute 33. Can, can you find Selsun Blue anywhere? <laughs> Selsun yes. Blue. Selsun wow. Blue is out there. Still around? Those you did it? You have Selsun Blue body wash. Pepsodent. <laughs> Selsun Blue body wash. Ugh. Selsun Blue. Anybody? I never had the dandruff. No. Did you ever try the Did you ever try the test where you put the black shirt on? and? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just for kicks, just bored. Head and shoulders. You know what? I'm going to do the Selsun Blue test tonight. What are you guys doing? It's a good idea. I'm going to take some Dristan and go to sleep till Friday. <laughs> Next Friday. I had wanted to, uh, boy, we keep we keep uh, pushing pushing off the fun load there. I think we've got to go to a three-hour format. We <laughs> lose here in a three-hour format. I, I don't know if work. there's a market for that, though. I don't know if there's a market for that, too. We we barely I have... We're searching out a market anyway. That's true. Uh, we Actually, we have a really good market of late, guys. Like, people people are tuning into the podcast. Thank you, by the way, folks, for downloading the podcast. The uh, The downloads are way up. Way up. Uh, you, you're, you're doing very well, PJ, among uh, 35 to 48-year-old Hispanic women. Did not see I that know. coming. Yep. <laughs> That's your tar- it's always been your target demo. Always. Heel house. <laughs> I, ha- I have a thing, so that's good. You I'm just speak meeting. to them. I don't know what it is. You just speak to them. Mm-hmm. So listen, two things, and we'll sort of fun load this. Uh, the first one is uh, uh, I have a bachelor week coming up in August. It's that's a little ways off. Uh, I did. I was a little walking ass when you said that. Yeah, I have a bachelor week coming up, um, where uh, you know uh, uh, Teresa and Wes are going to Texas to visit uh, her family, and I will be home for alone for the week. It happens to coincide perfectly with a Met home stand, uh, so I have decided I am going to uh, all six games. In I thought you were, were going to say you were going to Macaulay Culkin it for the week. <laughs> You just set traps for robbers. That's right. I have decided that Joe Pesci is and and Daniel Stern are outside my house. No, I'm going to go to every Met game that week. Now, Cal's coming with me to uh, at least one, right? At least one, probably two. Um, although, if my wife is listening to this podcast, she doesn't know that yet. Right. Well, we know there's no danger of that. So No, no, no. Let's just say two. Maybe even three. <laughs> you so you so are you really planning on going to every game that I week? Am. I am. Wow. Yeah, uh, had, that's why I had the bad meets the Mets meet the Mets uh, version. 
That's uh, Yolo Tango, isn't it? Isn't that is that Yolo Tango, Peach? It sure is. Yeah, Yolo Tango, huge meth fan. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, we should we should. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, one of our listeners I was speaking with today. It's my cousin. Um, and she loves the show, and she's she's really enjoying it. Uh, suggested we try to get. She didn't know about the uh, seven line T-shirts, so I sent that to her, and she's uh, she's down in Nashville, and I sent that to her, um, and she was like, "You should have them on the show." I said, "Oh yeah, that'd be. Oh wait, I do have a show. We could actually have him on the show. <laughs> we 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 have a show. I forget sometimes. Um, we should try to get that guy." Why not? The stuff is fantastic. Oh, it's great. It's so creative. What is it? Sevenline.com, maybe. Uh, but it's a, it's a line of page. It's a line of T-shirts that this guy makes, and the Mets have like sort of unofficially adopted this guy. It's like the players are wearing some of the T-shirts and stuff like that. Like he has a T-shirt that says uh, "Even lesbians love Dicky." You know, this it's funny stuff. It's the Sevenline.com. The Sevenline. Did you know? That if you go to the iTunes store and you search Meet the Mets, we are the third icon that comes up. <laughs> are you serious? I do it right now. Wow. Search Meet the Mets and you'll see, like, icon, icon, RTU sport. Wow. You know how hard that was? We had to say Meet the Mets in every episode of the show that we've ever done. <laughs> and it's not strictly a Mets show. That's right. Or maybe just um, we kept using the music without paying anybody. What I don't know what you're talking about. Who is this? Who is this? I don't know. Bad caller. <laughs> prank caller. Prank caller. Pizza House. Oh, you guys don't watch Mad Men. Oh, but have you guys been watching the newsroom? No. Any anyone? Every no. every second of it, sure. Oh, Cal, come on. You're better than that, Brian. Yeah, I've I've read such bad things about it though. From who? Just critics. Uh, everybody, the, critics. From, the, the critics were very harsh, um, and and I do not know why. Okay. I I, I mean there's, I read there's one a review. monologue in every episode of Aaron Sorkin anything, and they're like yeah, exactly. it's all speeches. Well, what are you talking about? It's Aaron Sorkin. What's it supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you just tune in? It's Aaron Sorkin. That's what he does. That, I think that, they, show, I, that show has plenty good going for it. Plenty. Oh, I, I think the amazing thing, Cal, is I had read a review for it, and then I uh, uh, listened to Jeff Daniels on Fresh Air, and really, I've always loved Jeff Daniels, and he's a huge Jet fan on the show. Cal, he is. huge Jet fan. In fact, oh, wow. in, in the first monologue that sort of sets the show in motion. Where he's uh, he's sitting on a panel with a guy from the left and a, a or a girl from the left and a guy from the right, like two punt. And he's at a, a college and he's not moderating. He's just sitting in on this panel on the media and stuff like that. And uh, this girl, one of the students, asks him a question that says, you know, sum up in one line or whatever what makes America great. And his answer is. You know, it's like such a stupid sort of inane question. So his answer is the New York Jets. 
This is in the first like five minutes of the, of the show. Uh huh. And then the moderator's like, "Come on, I'm not letting you get off that easy." You know, like what's what's great? What what makes us exceptional? He's like, "The New York Jets." I think he says it again. Then in an episode the other night, he's dating a uh, the head of the flight crew. He's going on a date with the head of the flight crew. Wow. Yeah. He's they, they, they've made the character a huge Jet fan. So I love it, but it takes place in 2010, and okay. it's moving. It's moving into now. Pete, so it's worth so it's worth checking out then. I th- I think it's fantastic. I don't think it's preachy, and it could be. I think it's the dialogue is very crispy, and it's set against real historical context, not fictional historical context like the West Wing did. And he's allowed to let uh, quite a few uh, swear words fly, so it's more common. right. Yep, and I think that it's good, Cal. I think you check it out. Right. I will. But I mean, Sam Waterston drinks bourbon yes, in every episode. That's correct. Sam Waterston's drunk in every episode. <laughs> he plays the uh, the sort of news director. I I I think uh, I think it's really good, Bri. I think it's worth a look. I think it would be easy to dismiss it as without watching it. It would be easy for uh, perhaps more conservative people to dismiss it as sort of a lefty Hollywood show. I don't think it has been. Do you, Peach? Um, no. No. However, it uses the historical context of uh, di- different things that happened in the news from which the right, which in this case is going to be mixed in very deeply with the corporate, right. doesn't come out looking so good. Yeah, but I I I think it's because I mean he's a Republican, Cal. Right. Like his character, his 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 character, Jeff Daniels' character is written as a Republican. Get out I, of here. I think it's less about Fox. I I think it's less about left or right, and more about how poorly the news by both sides is reported. That's right. And 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 about how poorly that sort of news is reported. It is is just, you know, it, it is completely ideologued it's, on both sides. It's it's bringing about the question of cause and effect. If your media is this lousy, left, right, and center, if all right. of it is doing an inadequate job, then what does your electorate really have to go with? That's it. Yep. That's the overall message. The overall message is that because of the uh, the drive for ratings and stuff, Bry, mm-hmm. that the electorate is uneducated, and that's the news. The news's job responsibility is to educate the electorate by giving them facts, not by giving them what they want to see. And it's it's really it's very very interesting from a media aspect. You should watch it. You know, having studied the media like we have, Bry. Okay. It's, and then there's uh, there's pretty good interpersonal relationships. I don't know if I'm buying Allison Pill, PJ, but uh, I'm trying. Which 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 one? The younger uh, one? Maggie. Maggie, yeah. Um, you she's gonna no, she's gonna come around. Okay. She's gonna come okay. around. Yeah, I They're think all the younger. Come around. I think I mean, the younger. You, you you heard my criticism of the first episode, which was. They they didn't know exactly what to do, so they all each picked their, you know, West Wing uh, analog. 
and say, right. okay, I'm this guy. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm playing Donna in this episode. <laughs> right. I'm Rob Lowe. And, right. Yeah, and now they're sort of they're sort of shaking that off. And actually, my being only criticism the about the show is that the theme music is way <laughs> off. <laughs> way it, off. Too reverential. The, cut it the out. opening. The opening. I like. I like the video. Yes. I like the graphics. I hate the music. Yeah, the music's Cal. You know what it is? It's like exactly what you would imagine for a hacky show about the news to be. Oh, okay. That's what the music is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually sing along the self-importance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> those are the lyrics, the understood lyrics. We're self-important. Self-important. And then it ends if you show. It ends like the uh, theme to Finding Nemo also. Yes, it does. This reminds me of, uh, we're going to wrap up in a second here, guys, but this reminds me of Scott and I talking the other day about Caillou. You guys are talking oh. with, with good old Caillou. He's Canadian, by the way. Yes. Well, all uh, most of those shows are on Sprout. So, so Canadian. But um, Scott was like, we were watching it uh, with Wesley and Scott, obviously. My brother hasn't had to watch these shows in a long time because his kids are older now. And he's like... Uh, He's a little smug, that Caillou. I said, he is. No, totally. And my friend Matt had made up alternate lyrics to the Caillou song <laughs> that he had sung to me. That Like, I'm sanctimonious. I'm better than you. I'm Caillou. You think you're pretty good, but I'm much better than you. Uh, I'm really looking down on you. <laughs> Cracking me up. I'm sanctimonious. I'm Caillou. Uh, he really does think he's better than me. I don't like it. And he whines. He's always whining. He is. Well, he's are you on familiar? CBS. What do you expect? It's right. Lefty liberals. All right, Please. last thing before <laughs> before we wrap up. Um, Peach, you checking out any uh, concerts this summer? Uh, Been to a few. Going to go to a few more. Yeah, how about you, Cal? You seen any concert this summer? Remember when you used to go to concerts over a summer? In summer, I I remember I would I could could not wait for the first Wednesday or the first Tuesday in May, which is when the Jones Beach concert series came out. Yeah. Jones Beach concert series, absolutely. And the whole summer would come out at once and, I, and you'd be dying to see who's going to be at the beach this summer. And who's going to play it? Yep, totally. PG worked uh at concert venues, right? I am, yes, I am an almanac of classic rock acts. I've either seen them or roadied for them, uh, ending in in 1991, I think, was the last time I did it. Yeah, Cal, that might be a whole separate podcast, PJ's uh, job as a, where was it, at the Garden State, maybe? The things I've seen. Uh, I worked a bunch of... I worked at a bunch of venues. Um, Meadowlands. That's right, Meadowlands. Right, a, right. a lot. Um, the Garden, uh, Waterloo Village. Um, yeah, a bunch of places. And a and bunch of airports. We might. Bunch of, we might. I've, we, I've been on a bunch of tarmac. 
We might have to uh we might have to do a separate podcast. But uh real quick, Cal, your favorite uh summer concert you ever went to? Oh jeez. I know my I didn't go to a lot of concerts. I was always very jealous. Very difficult for me to go see bands play. My favorite summer <laughs> concert. My goodness. I don't I what was yours? I'll give you my I saw Pearl Jam at Randall's Island. Oh yeah. With uh Ben Harper. That was probably ninety six, summer ninety six, and uh, I uh, it was just a magnificent show up at Randall's Island. It was great. It was an all day deal. Like Ben Harper played, and then uh, the Frogs played. It was it was just an all day show, and then it was raining. Pearl Jam played for like three hours. It was unbelievable. What a great place to see a concert too. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool, Randall's Island. How about you, Peach? <laughs> There's no possible way you can qualify this. <laughs> no, there is no possible way I can answer that, although I, I will say one of my fondest memories was for some random reason we managed to score eighth row tickets to The Who. Um, nice. And that was just, that's one, of the, that's one of the very closest, although not the closest, I did also have front row to Roger Waters, but that wasn't in the summer. <laughs> so it doesn't count. Sorry. You said it was summer concert. That was a That's winter correct. concert. That's right. Cal, uh, Dave, Dave Matthews band. I saw Dave Matthews. I'm not my favorite though. My favorite, my favorite concert of all time. Paul McCartney at City Field. It was just. That's that's PJ's Dave Matthews. Up and down, puppy's hand. Hit my guitar like this. You got to put monkey in there too. Monkey in every song. Monkey. <laughs> Up and, and down, puppy. <laughs> monkey. Hey, I'm going. I'm I'm going to see Chris Daughtry next week. Does that count? At uh, City Field. Yeah. After the game. After the game. <laughs> isn't it just Daughtry? Well, his his name is Chris. But isn't his band Daughtry? Daughtry? Daughtry. <laughs> They're doing uh, it is, it is a concert Daughtry. over there. They got a concert at City Field doing Daughtry? The band Daughtry that the kids like from uh, American Idol. Daughtry. Now, is, now is that a, I'll tell you that what, a, that guy's voice is huge. Is it big? That guy's voice is like Chris Cornell huge. It is. You know, you may, you may not agree with all of his radio hits, <laughs> but you cannot <laughs> deny the singing. Back when I watched the American Idol, I was a huge fan of of Chris Daughtry. So yeah, all right. So you're gonna enjoy the show. All right, all right. Uh, well, that is all the time. <laughs> if the Mets win, exactly, you'll enjoy it. That's all the time we're gonna do because we went like 15 minutes over. All right. Uh, PJ, final unload. It's my mommy's birthday. Oh. Everyone out there. Call your mama. He likes to talk to you. <laughs> mama mia. Call your mother. Uh, Cal, final unload. Uh, my final unload is that it's it's the summertime. We've got kids that don't really have a lot to do. They like to watch some TV. Hey, Viacom and DirecTV, get on the same page ASAP. And get Nickelodeon back on the air for these kids. <laughs> they don't know what to do with themselves right now. <laughs> Are they Jones? Very important issue. 
don't know what to do with themselves. They're jonesing. In yo, a man. Panic, they, they go into their friends' houses. Yo, man, yo, man, you, you got Nickelodeon? They're, well, no, they're they pulling it down from the web, aren't they? They pulled it down from the web, so now Comedy Central, the, the Daily Show, can't be viewed at all. Wow. You know what I need. <laughs> you got Nickelodeon, man? You know what I need. I need the good stuff. I gotta see iCarly. Going around looking for people with time water. I love Yo, man. You, you, you got iCarly? I need it, man. I need it. Uh, and my final unload is, uh, hey, look, I lost my li- uh, my mind a little bit earlier about uh, the Islanders, uh, but I am really upset about this. Uh, I know nobody cares, but it really something needs to be done about this, okay? And uh, a hat tip to B.D. Galoff uh, for writing about it. Keep it up. All right, that is all the time we have. That's the end of the theme song. We will see you next week for more Ready to Unload. Good. Okay. Monkey. Good night, Cal. Good night. <laughs> Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.